podcast for all things brain, behavioural and organisational sciences. It's great to have you with us. As always, to listen back to past episodes, make sure to check out our website, brainforbusiness.ie, and feel free to drop us a note via the website with any comments, feedback, or even questions that you might have. Our guest today on Brain for Business has recently written that we are increasingly living in a society of falsehoods. News can be fake, brands can be fake, Influencer endorsements can be fake, and facts are often fake, or perhaps alternative. Yet, what does all this mean for leaders and organizations? What role does social media play, and how can we start to see through the fog of fakes and falsity? To explore these questions, I'm delighted to be speaking today to Dr. Kirk Planger. Dr. Kirk Planger is a reader or associate professor of marketing at King's Business School at King's College, London. He is a marketing management researcher specializing in consumer-led digital marketing strategy. Most of Kirk's research explores how digital technologies mediate and change the buying process and how organizations should address these technologies. Currently, he is working on projects investigating shoppable advertising, the value of live-in marketing, brand transparency, alternative reality marketing, social media influences, falsity in marketing and advertising, and artificial intelligence in marketing. Kirk publishes regularly in leading academic journals and holds a number of editorial review board positions. His research has been funded by the Liverholm Trust, the UK Engineering and Physics Sciences Research Council, the British Academy, UK Innovate, and the Canadian Social Science and Humanities Research Council. Kirk, welcome to Brain for Business. Thank you. We've previously spoken on Brain for Business to Ian McCarthy and Dave Hanna of your alma mater, Simon Fraser University, on the topics of bullshit and, and deception in business. Maybe we could start then by discussing what exactly is falsity and perhaps also how does it differ from those two other phenomena that I mentioned there? Well, I, I think that uh, falsity is sort of a broader concept that sort of incorporates many uh, aspects. Uh, I mean, with, with uh, bullshit, usually you're, you're trying to uh, cover um, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, uh, other aspects that are missing from, uh, from your, your current uh, uh, knowledge. Um, and, and deception is, is usually very much intent and they, you want to deceive the, the receiver of, of a message or of a, of a, a product or something like that. Um, so I, I would say that falsity um, is sort of the the extent to which something is is artificial, incorrect, or or something that that is uh, uh, not exactly honest. Can you give us in some examples of falsity in, in in practice? Something that people might be familiar with. Yeah, sure. I mean, the the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, I I am a uh, a, a marketer, a marketing researcher, um, is uh, uh, advertising, right? Um, I think many people uh, know that uh, cosmetic ads and, and other kinds of ads that are targeted to certain consumers uh, have been manipulated. Um, this, this is a very long-standing practice going back many, many years. Um, and, and some, you know, recently it it's been uh, digitally manipulated using uh, Photoshop and, and other sort of digital tools. Um, and, and 
very recently that actually has gone into the the foray of, of artificial intelligence and uh, uh, using synthetic uh, tools to uh, really manipulate or or actually just synthesize an, a new uh, a form of falsity um, but but you know beyond advertising um, you know products can be false as well um, you know it's actually very popular right now um, to to buy vegan leather shoes um, that has never you know it's basically just plastic um, and and the same thing for uh, fake fur or or even wood veneers um, that that have the appearance of fur uh, of leather or of wood but are actually not um, they're, they're generally uh, some petrochemical product um, and and very pop popularly is the uh, uh, the sushi roll um, called the, the California sushi and the, the crab in the middle is, is often uh, substituted with uh, dyed pollock so because it's much cheaper of course crab meat is, is quite expensive um, and consumers generally are okay with it uh, they probably know um, that the the the, su the sushi roll it has pollock rather than crab they, they know that the the fur is fake the the leather shoes are, are, are not leather and and that, that that wood is definitely plastic but they, they feel okay because oftentimes they're they're uh, able to access those products in, in a very reachable way I can't help but wonder though whether this idea of of, of falsity, hasn't perhaps been around for for a long time. I remember my first job in sales many years ago, someone telling me that you know you you, you don't sell the sausage, you sell the sizzle of the sausage. So it's that idea of the the smell, the thought of it, rather than the actual thing that you're you're selling, which strikes me as, as being a degree of falsity. Right, and and you're you're very right, and and um, oftentimes marketers um, uh, and managers try to repackage um, a product or, or directive so that you, you get buy-in, um, whether that, bu that buy-in is actually purchasing a product or a service or you know, uh, your engagement with a certain directive uh, at work. So, so in, in that way, that you know, falsity is, is there. But, but also consumers can be false. Um, many people use uh, cosmetics or, or hair color or even uh, more dramatic things like Botox and uh, plastic surgery to change their appearance. And, and in, in a sense, that, that, is, that is an element of falsity um, outside of the, the commercial world and, and something where we present ourselves uh, as, as something different than what, what uh, we, we truly and are. And that was actually going to be my, my next question. Uh, you know, d does falsity in in the regard that we're talking about today also extend to, to people and on the one hand you might think about someone like you know elizabeth holmes of theranos who was outright lying about what her product could supposedly do but then equally uh, th there was a case a number of years ago i don't remember the specific details now of of someone who had who had got themselves into the position of a leadership in an african-american representative organization who actually wasn't from that community at all yet was claiming that she was for the purposes of her, her job so t does it then extend to people in that same way it, it certainly does and and 
while, while my my examples before were were talking more about uh, uh, things people can buy to change their appearance, you're very right that sometimes people just misrepresent themselves, and then then we're we're sort of uh, verging into that discussion about deception and and uh, uh, bullshit in organizations uh, as well. But but it it, it truly is is uh, an element of falsity. And what then can be the implications of that? So if uh, I guess on the one hand, if if someone is is buying vegan leather, they know and actually they they, they don't want it to be leather. They they, they that's a conscious choice uh, on, on their behalf. But what if someone is, and I'm putting it in terms of buying a, a product, what if someone goes to buy a product, um, let's say they, they're buying a, a Rolex or what they think is a Rolex, and they're paying the Rolex price for it, but actually it's not a real Rolex. It's something you can get in the back street somewhere. And, and so it's, you have that, that odd dynamic happening. What are the implications of that? I guess, you know, with counterfeit products, um, there's always that element of risk. But, but I, I would say that part of it is transparency, right? For, for honest organizations, I would say, not just uh, that uh, watch salesman in the back street. Um, but, but to have a transparent supply line and, and for uh, managers of organizations to really understand where um, the the ingredient products are coming from um, so that they, they know that uh, that milk product is, is safe. It's coming from a, a location that, that the animals are treated well and that are fed a certain diet and, and that doesn't have a bunch of uh, hormones or, or other sort of antibiotics in there. So, so by, by sort of securing that, that uh, supply chain, uh, managers can be uh, a little bit reassured that that they're not producing products or or putting their their brand on products that that will you know in some sort of uh, scandal it will become evident that that it's a it's actually a false product and they're they're selling a falsehood and it's interesting you mentioned that because just this morning uh, I heard on the, on the news here in Ireland that. Uh, the Advertising Standards Authority had asked certain uh, electricity companies to stop claiming that they provided 100% renewable energy uh, when consumers were, were buying electricity from them because actually they couldn't stand uh, stand by that, that claim. It was a, a false claim in essence. So in that sense, perhaps misleading for consumers. Right, right. And, and, and um, I mean, I, I myself am a consumer of, of one of those companies. And that was one of the primary reasons why I chose that. So, so to be, you know, it, they, companies need to be uh, extremely uh, careful about their, their advertising claims and how they present themselves so that down the line, um, w whether it's, it's, it's a, a regulator or or some sort of consumer movement. They are not put in a, in a place that they have to explain themselves, right? So so that they, they don't have to worry about uh, losing um, their their customer base or or yeah. Isn't there also though when we're thinking about falsity and particularly in, in terms of, of people, 
almost a, an odd contradiction that we might look at something and know full well that there is a degree of falsity there or rather than something we l might look at someone uh, and know that they've got, had Botox and know that they maybe have had plastic surgery or fillers or whatever else and yet we just kind of let that go by and, and, and just assume that this is the new authentic person. Is, is there some kind of odd dynamic there or, or contradiction that might emerge? Yeah, I, so there's, there's an element of the awareness of, of falsity and of, of falsehoods in, uh, in society. And many, many of them are, are, are sort of elements to build someone's uh, personal self-esteem. And so they feel comfortable uh, enacting their, their, their role in society. However, years of, of uh, research into uh, uh, manipulation and advertising have shown that, that actually there, there, there are some psychological and sociological effects of this manipulation on how people and, and often uh, uh, young girls or, or young uh, children, how they see themselves and, and are comfortable with them, their, their bodies and and, and with their, their personal circumstances. And, and so, so while you may be aware that there are still effects of falsity, some of them can be very negative on, on society in general. And I guess that's the, 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 the real catch. And, and, and maybe that's also where we perhaps might, might need to think about the, the impact of, of, of social media and this hyper-connected world. That, that maybe on the one hand they're they're feeding into that sense of of, of, of of falsity, so through influences, but also deepening and accelerating the potentially negative impacts. Would that be fair? Yeah, definitely. And and actually, with with influencers, there, there's this new um, uh, sort of form of, of influence that that's actually entirely AI generated. So there, there's a, a famous uh, example of uh, little Michaela, uh, who is a solely generated um, uh, individual, but but the actual visual uh, presence of little Michaela is actually extremely convincing. Uh, in actual fact, before she sort of came out as as a, an AI, the production value of um, the, the, the images were, was extremely good. And actually she, she was seen um, uh, with famous people. She uh, launched a, a little music career. And now she, she was actually, uh, her, her falsity was disclosed by uh, her boyfriend at the time who, who was also an AI influencer. So, I mean, that, that, that's sort of an extreme case of of, of, of uh, where falsity is, is leading and, and, you know, it has been aided by an artificial intelligence, but at the same time can be very useful for, for managers um, because you don't have to worry about uh, that, that influencer producing some sort of scandal because they have falsity in other areas of, of their, their life that they um, haven't been truthful about with, with the brand or with their, their audience. Um, with with an AI, it basically does exactly what you you tell it to do. Um, so so you can feel a little bit reassured uh, by it. But then then again, what what is the truthfulness of uh, 
of uh, a computer broadcasting a message uh, to to people. So so there there there's that element of a uh, inauthentic uh, commu commu communication, and and it really is something very very like you know a website for a brand. Uh, you know, it's just it's a different medium. And so I guess you know to to pick up one of your points there an AI generated um, influencer won't have any skeletons in the closet. There'll be no long lost sex tapes or anything else which might come to the surface or, you know, tweets from 10 years ago where they said something completely racist or sexist or homophobic or whatever. It's it's all a clean slate. And so it's perhaps quite attractive for for companies and brands looking to to maybe develop their profile. Exactly, exactly. So, so it is it is that clean slate. And uh, and also, you know, they are extremely popular. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 if you look on Instagram, uh, little Michaela um, commands the attention of, uh, of millions of, of, of people and often young people as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's completely mad. We, we, we mentioned there a few times artificial intelligence. What impact would you expect artificial intelligence uh, to, to have longer term on, on falsity? And I'm thinking uh, as much as anything else about deep fakes and, uh, and, and other um, emerging technologies. Right. I mean, everyone's talking about the chat GPT. And, and actually, I, I just had a very interesting discussion with a, a PhD student uh, uh, yesterday, talking about the the difference between creative um, AI and, uh, and and generative AI, and 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 I think that there there is a difference there. And generative AI, like Chat GPT or uh, something called a GAN, is which is a, a, a generative adversarial network, uh, which basically has two AIs that sort of combat each other right so one one tries to fool the other one and the other one says oh you're, you're you've uh, that that's a falsity um that's you know i can see that that's the one that's fake so so i, I think that all of these uh these really exciting uh, applications are are coming out and and where where it's more of a generative um ai um that's that's probably okay uh, in, in many circumstances, because it, it, it especially if it's part of the um, ideation phase. So wh whether whether um, the the actual idea or the the reality of an ad or of a campaign or uh, of uh, uh, a new product and innovation comes from an AI doesn't I don't think matter to me um, as a consumer. Um, and and uh, as a marketer, I don't think it, it would matter either. Um, I think that when when it's it verges into that 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 fully creative AI, where the whole creative process is is done automatically, um, that's when a lot of um, in, individuals may have a some ethical implications with it, um, as well as uh, some some privacy implications, because of course th these uh, these creative uh, applications uh, require a vast amounts of data um, that are often taken from social media or, or other sort of uh, more private uh, uh, corporate uh, databases concerning their customers. And I guess there's also that risk that 
at a certain point we start to lose track of what's real and and what is is false and it just uh, i think this morning in, in the guardian they're reporting that uh, the, uh, the the Google or the parent company of Google Alphabet, their share price dropped when it emerged that their new AI bot was giving incorrect answers. Uh, yet I can almost imagine that in a certain period of time that will become the accepted correct answer because it will be repeated so many times by people. So there, there perhaps is a fine line between discerning between true and false and what the implications are. Right, and, and that brings us to um... And another kind of, of falsity, um, fake news or, or misinformation or disinformation. And, um, um, and, and also about the legitimization of, uh, of falsity. Um, so, so because people trust Google um, and as a company, and, and so they, they trust that sender uh, of, the, of that information, um, they're very willing to believe what 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 is returned to them right uh, whereas perhaps you know things especially as an academic um, things that are written on uh, Wikipedia um, would have a little bit of you know, you have a little bit of skepticism uh, about about exactly what what's there um, of course not my undergraduate students but uh, that's okay <laughs> and, and I, i'm sure we both had that experience of, of students quoting wikipedia in uh, in an assignment and having to go back and say actually it's possibly not the best site to be uh, drawing facts and, and data from um i, I guess in, in terms of that fake news we're talking about you know people trusting google there, there's also that that potential problem of people trusting leaders and and if the leaders themselves are disseminating what might be recorded um, what might be regarded as fake news then things are becoming even more complex and even more messy i i think especially in in an age where we have uh, uh the ability to create content uh, with not just visual but also auditory content that is so near perfect the the, the 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 quality is 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 extremely good and um and the 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 average person and even the average expert can't d discern what what's real and what's fake and so you know there, there there are these potential ethical issues with putting out um, uh, political messages and, and other sorts of messages that have an effect on people's uh, uh, motivation to vote or, or you know, a, a negative effect. I mean, I mean, I don't think people would uh, uh, be uh, upset about the, um, a campaign that was trying to promote voting, but at the same time, it, it is so easy to uh, manipulate uh, people's intentions based on something that they truly believe is 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 real. If we maybe start to, to to draw together the various strands of the conversation, are there any particular strategies you can think of that managers and leaders in organisations could could apply or utilise in order to better grapple with the challenge of falsity? Well. One thing is is the uh, something that's been tried and tested. 
and that, that is really trust your partners. So re really understand that you, um, if, if you're advertising it on a, uh, on a digital website, that your brand will not be associated with content that uh, maybe you don't want to be associated with or, or that your, um, uh, your supply chain is, uh, uh, supply chain partners are in, in fact producing the, the ingredient products as they say they, they w would, right? Um, so in terms of managing uh, falsity, you, I think you have to be aware that falsity exists in, in all supply chains, all, all organizations, and, um, and be able to also have that element that people when they when they disclose falsity, then there's some sort of whistleblower. They are almost celebrated uh, rather than than said, no, that you know they they need they need to be uh, somehow uh, punished. I, I guess in that sense, it's about well, on the one hand, that that kind of due diligence that um, I think you, you were hinting at there, but but also for managers and leaders in organizations to have a really strong dose of, of skepticism, uh, positive skepticism, and, and to take a, an evidence-based approach to, uh, to to what it is that they're doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I mean, I, I think, I think the, the, the relationships that, that people build um, in their, their supply chain and, and when when they're communicating their their products to consumers um, are so important now and I think they will be increasingly important in, in the future um, as as uh, consumers become increasingly more skeptical of, about the um, the different uh, messages they're they're receiving on on all kinds of channels uh, and so I actually believe that the the importance of, of a brand will actually be extremely important because then you can as a consumer you can you can sort of say well it's google it, it, it's rolex it's uh, uh king's college that that's communicating with me and i trust that brand rather than some sort of uh, uh random uh, person uh, speaking something that that you maybe don't really, uh, maybe their message is clear, but you just don't tr really trust them um, in general. If, uh, if people wanted to find out more about your research, is there anywhere particular they can go, Kirk? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, we have a, um, uh, with my co-editor, um, uh, Colin Campbell, we have a, an editorial uh, in Business Horizons that also has uh, six other articles that really explore falsity in, in various uh, management and marketing context. Um, so, so that that that's one. And and um, on LinkedIn, uh, I I often share uh, recent recent research on uh, on falsity and transparency and and other uh, related topics. Uh, as well, you can always just uh, message me on, on LinkedIn, uh, direct message. That sounds great. And uh, we will, of course, put a, a link to that uh, Business Horizons article or editorial into the show notes. 
Kirk Langer of King's Business School. Thank you very much for your time. It's been great speaking to you. Great. Thank you very much.